Joining us uh, is fellow Throck criminal Stefan Molyneux, uh, host and founder of Free Domain uh, Radio uh, and reaches hundreds of millions of people. YouTube.com forward slash Free Domain Radio. Twitter, Stefan Molyneux, FreeDomainRadio.com. And he joins us. I'm going to skip this break. Last one of the week, I promise. I'm out of control. Hey, who knows? Just blow thousands of dollars, whatever. Point is, just support us, folks. Buy stuff at InfoWarsStore.com, GCNLive.com. Support the sponsors. But I just have to skip this to give him more time. Stefan, this is reaching insane asylum level. What do you think the cultural elite are trying to do? Because clearly, it's an organized plan. It's the same thing in Europe, same thing here. I mean, has common sense been suspended? Because they don't get in trouble when they bring in 3 million refugees and they start burning, murdering, and killing. They get more power. I mean, what's happening here? Well, you know, first of all, I just want to say Happy New Year to you and your listeners and to say that it sort of feels like for me, three decades of preparation is coming down to one and only one year. And that is this year where the maximum effort must be put out to reach people with ideas of liberty and voluntarism and freedom and so on, because it seems like events are accelerating at a crazy snowball fashion. And now is the time where we really need to stand tall and push back. It feels it feels to me like it's all coming down to this year. And the migrant crisis in the uh, in Europe is one of the uh, great aspects of that. It is not a bunch of migrants fleeing war. Look, the closest European country to Syria is Cyprus, just a couple of dozen miles off the coast. And the refugees are not going to Cyprus. Why? Because Cyprus will not allow the refugees to bring in family members. The million that Angela Merkel has invited into Germany are merely the tip of the spear because they're going to be family reunification policies that allow, allow them to bring in millions and millions of more. Lithuania has a small welfare state and Lithuania has thrown its gates wide to invite these migrants in and they're not going to Lithuania. They're hip hopping over many countries where they're not under threat. They say Merkel was invited us, to everything's going to be free. They can find. At, they're the tow hooks. They're the launch cables when the pirates come to your ship. They're the anchor uh, people to bring in the next mega wave. Please continue. Well, so that's really, really important to understand. And we don't have the historical view of Islam that is characterized by the history of the Crusades. Look, Christianity was a Middle Eastern religion. The European religions were like the old Norse religions with Ragnarok and so on. Christianity is a Middle Eastern religion. And how many Christian countries are there left in the Middle East? Accounting, like if you accept a little bit in Lebanon, none. Because um, Islam is a radical expansionist ideology. To, to say that Islam is a religion is like saying communism is, a, is a, an economic system. It is not true. Islam is a combination of religion and a highly expansionist political ideology. And highly expansionist is putting it mildly. Saying that Islam is somewhat expansionist is saying like a supernova is somewhat expansionist. Uh, Islam, of course, in the in the seventh century was founded by the end of the seventh century. It had taken over most of North Africa and all of the Middle East. It is an incredibly expansionist ideology. It seeks one world domination, just as communism did. And the fact is that, of course, the first couple of Muslims are going to be nice because they have to wait to get the numbers up in order to begin to affect the kind of social change. When the uh, Islamists first got their toeholds and then entire countries taken over in Europe, it took over 700 years of brutal medieval battle to drive the Islamic uh, population out of Europe. And the Islamics, of course, were taking millions of Europeans, mostly through piracy, uh, into the slave trade. The Islamists, uh, 14 centuries of the slave trade, but the death count that has been estimated at over 110 million souls. So 
And, and, and let's just show a fact here to show how deep this invasion went. And, of course, they'll call this racist just to give a uh, cultural point. That's why southern Italy, Greece, southern Europe, eastern Europe, Spain is no longer blonde-haired, blue-eyed. All the way up into Poland, that's how far the invasions went in Poland, in Hungary. I mean, millions dying, giant, full-out wars. And when the Muslims came in, they would kill all the men, even if they converted at first, the Christians didn't care and weren't fighting back. But the Muslims were killing everybody, putting them to the sword, loading the women into slave ships. And that's all in mainline history. The Muslims celebrate it. Their imams say, we're coming for your women now, weak scum. And the socialist left says, yes, come. I want to ask you, why does the socialist left want to... I mean, Europe's already dead. It's already not having kids. I mean, why not replace it with Brazilians or something? Why do you want to replace it with not even the less radical Muslims? Why bring in the absolute scum? Well, this goes all the way back to Trotsky and the uh, origins, uh, origins of the uh, Communist Party in, in Russia and the desire of the communists and the leftists to take over the world, to destroy capitalism, to destroy free markets, to destroy limited constitutional republics. Uh, that is the thorn in the side of socialism, the fact that socialist countries do badly economically and capitalist or more free market countries do very well meant that they could not spread their ideology by appealing to people's self-interest. Like, hey, have you had enough iPhones? Would you like a gulag or two? It doesn't really work with the world's population to try and sell them on the benefits of communism or extreme socialism. So this was a plan adopted in the 1920s by the Communist Party. It was very clear and it was very simple. And the idea was to jam as many radically incompatible cultures into Europe and North America as humanly possible and then watch the civil wars erupt. And that was what was going to destroy the remnants of freedom in the West, which has been their goal for coming on a century. And they admit it. They write books on it. And here we are. So, so time frame. How's it going for them? And then let's get into the history uh, of what really happened with the Crusades and, and then what uh, is expansionist Islam is. Well, the time frame is that they're doing very well, uh, hopefully with people like us to stand up and fight against that particular approach. Um, we'll be able to stop them. But their time frame is that it's going very well. Of course, Angela Merkel uh, decided to allow these million uh, Muslim, quote, refugees, although the vast majority of them are young military age men who are not fleeing from war torn countries, but simply looking for oh, the welfare state. She invited them in, of course, by uh, disobeying the law. The law is in Europe that you have to seek asylum in the first country you get to. You can't leapfrog to get to the country that you want. She changed that rule and she allowed Germans, uh, migrants into Germany to appeal for asylum without having to go through the stop at the first country they got to. So this is why people are pouring into uh, Germany. And this is why it's the young military age men who, if they were Europeans, as in World War II, would be staying to fight the dictatorships in their own country rather than fleeing and attempting to spread uh, a fairly vile Sharia-based ideology to the rest of the West. But their, their, their acceleration is going beautifully, and uh, it is only a few truth-tellers who stand between this process and the end of Western civilization. And the socialists and communists and social engineers hate the West so much because it stood in the way of their total control that they would join with radical Islam, which will slit their throat in a second— but I guess they don't care because they think it'll take another generation or so. They just want to see Europe fall. Well, I'm sure you are aware of this, but the human lust for power, Alex, is a physical addiction. It releases the same kind of dopamine that you get out of cocaine and so on. So saying, well, gee, I don't know what their end game is, these, these uh, globalists or whatever, is like saying, well, I don't know 
why this cocaine addict is acting irrationally because they just want their next fix, their next expansion of power, their next gun grab, their next escalation of um, some sort of regulation, their next reduction of human liberty. It's an addiction and they can't be uh, counted on to stop it themselves any more than most addicts in the late stage of their addiction can do it. They're hungering for their next fix. They're not thinking beyond the next five minutes of another power grab to feed right. their addiction. Hence the word power hungry. You look at George Soros <laughs> and a Nazi collaborator was an arch war criminal by, you know, 15 years old, a string of evil overthrowing countries, impoverishing people. All he ever does is evil things. And, and it's, it's just so sick that they actually get off on this. Right. So I, I wanted to mention, of course, that it, the analogy that kind of struck me just, just before the show was that a tree without roots can be easily pushed over. And this, I think, is one of the reasons why the leftists, uh, academics, and in particular, the myth makers, the artists and the Hollywood types and so on, have created the myth of the evil, patriarchal, racist, slave-owning, white, Western, Christian, European civilization, that you're taught to hate everything about your past, and then you have nothing to defend when an antithetical culture marches over your borders. And one of the key things is the Crusades. The other thing, of course, is slavery. Uh, the Crusades were a response to multi-century invasions of Europe by the Islamic religion and the imposition of Sharia law. Spain fell. Portugal spell, uh, fell. They were at the gates of Vienna. They were at the gates repeatedly of Rome. And it was in several crucial battles uh, that the Crusades were fought. But it was not an invasion of the Middle East. It was a defense of Europe against Islamic invasions. When three out of the five Christian centers had fallen into Islamic hands, when the uh, Islamists were at the gates of Vienna, that is when the pushback occurred. But this idea that you know, these bloodthirsty Christians went along to these innocent Muslims who were just minding their own business and tending their chickens and just started slaughtering them for uh, fun and kittens uh, makes no sense and is historically completely inaccurate. Uh, uh, Islam's goal was to conquer Europe. Islam's goal was being achieved. And the Christians, under the guidance of the pope, finally said Deus Vult and began to fight back. But it was a defensive war. It was not fundamentally a war of imperialism. And that's that's not debated for folks that don't know. I mean, Islamic TV books, they all celebrate this. And then they say that's the goal. Take over again. Uh, and you, you will convert or be put to the sword. And then the left just runs around lying, saying it's racist to say that, that this is being done. Well, and I think that in Europe, they abandoned Christianity and did not replace it with any comparable moral guidance. And so what's happened is I think that a lot of the European secularists have failed and no longer fundamentally understand the fundamentalist religious mindset, such as is occurring in many places in the Middle East. They don't understand that there are lots of people in the world who have plans and ambitions that far supersede the sort of shallow materialistic pleasure seeking that most secular post-religious societies tend to fall into. So they're blind. And so they say, well, you know, if we got to Europe, we'd be happy to just get a job and be nice and so on. They do not understand the, the end times massive 72 virgins goals that a lot of fundamentalist Islamists have. And so they fundamentally are miscalculating the depth and nature of those who wish their demise. And by the way, you just hit on it. There is this weird perverted sexual stuff in most of these jihads where it is about raping and killing and slaving. We're going to come back into the history of the real slave trade uh, and then cover some of the latest news. But I mean, it's, it's just mainline history. And they hope we don't know. And I'm not here bashing Muslims in general, but it can be argued that the non-radical Muslims that are being exterminated by the Wahhabis as well, they're really apostate. 
you know, they're they're not in the religion. They're actually fleeing here to be free. And I know a lot of Muslims that are like that. Uh, but the folks they're bringing in now are bloodthirsty. What Stefan Molyneux said is absolutely on target. They remove your culture. They demonize it. They only tell you bad parts of it. And then they bring in the most aggressive, no compromise, anti-liberal, anti-Renaissance organizations that have already conquered the other Muslim areas that weren't as radical. And then you have no culture and then you're intimidated by it and you just submit to it. Stefan, I am ranting here, my friend. I want you to speak about the history of uh, Islam slavery. This is all mainline, and then we're probably going to air your video and then getting into other subjects. But separately, how dare you be on YouTube and be on, <laughs> on an enemy platform? Why would you do that? I mean, why would you write an article in the New York Times if they let you? I mean, I mean, that's a dumb question. I don't know. If, if your enemy drops his weapon, do you not touch it? I mean, <laughs> that's that's war. You know, we're in a battle for people's minds. I use whatever I can to reach people without shame and without guilt. I mean, other people who are fussed by that can stay in their basements and not try and save the world. That's fine with me. Gosh, so, you, just, you just crystallized what I tried to say in five minutes. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'll do the rest of your show in 35 seconds, uh, if you don't mind. Do it, please. <laughs> okay, Go ahead. So, do it. So... Very, very briefly, okay, so when it comes to slavery, um, the, the general narrative is the rest of the world was living, you know, hugging unicorns, kumbaya, uh, everybody giving group hugs, playing with puppies in their safe rooms while the evil white Western European Christians were out there enslaving the world and colonizing and doing all these bad things, therefore give us welfare. Because, you know, white guilt is a very mineable resource on, on the planet, sadly, because whites suffer from a kind of pathological altruism that means uh, I will sell you my, my own children in order to avoid being called racist. So, the actual history is quite different. There's really three things to remember about Western uh, slavery. Number one, it was about the shortest period of slavery in any culture throughout history. Uh, slavery was indigenous to African and Arab countries before it made its way to uh, Europe. Slavery was widely practiced by the American Indians long before Columbus came to the New World. Ethiopia had slavery until, yes, 1942. Saudi Arabia until 1962. Peru until 68, India until 76, and Mauritania until 1980. So uh, it was not very long. The big peak of Christian slavery, mm, 1519, 1815, that was sort of the peak period. There have, however, been 14 centuries of Arabic or, or Muslim slavery. And it's hard to know exactly because the records were mostly castrated and killed. But uh, it was about 150 million African people, about 50 million from other parts of the world, vastly exceeding anything. Yeah, I forgot happened. the Muslim slavery. They cut the penis and genitals off the men. Yeah. Why are there no blacks? If blacks took 150. Sorry, if, if uh, the Middle Easterners took 150 million black Africans, why are there so few blacks in the Middle East? Well, because 80 to 90 percent of them died en route and those who remained were castrated. And if they managed to escape that and have children with a local, the child was killed. So there was massive genocide of the slaves in the in the Muslim countries. Now, of course, all cultures have bad stuff in their history. The, the question is, Alex, what is the Muslims' current view of that history? Are they looking back and saying, like the Europeans do, wow, we did some bad stuff. That's no, really look at what ISIS did in Libya targeting blacks. They believe they're subhuman. Right. And so the and, and where are the Africans going to the Islamic countries demanding reparations, demanding preferential treatment, demanding massive resource transfers to them for the history of slavery? Because I don't think the Muslims feel a huge amount of guilt, at least um, according to what I've read. And I'm sure some individuals do, but 
there's not that same navel-gazing, looking in the mirror saying, ooh, me bad, Well, the me left bad, also spins it, when I brought this up in college, to throw this in and says it was different slavery in the Middle East and Africa. It was loving, like family. No, it's what you see with women chained up in houses with hoods on their heads. It's beyond what happened in most Western plantations, which I'm not defending. I'm just sick of, like, the abject sex slavery, white slavery of the Arabs is legendary. Well, and so, number one, the, the Christians practiced slavery for the shortest amount of time. Number two, the Christians generally treated their slaves the best. But number three, which is uh, also not insignificant, Christians ended slavery all around the world. I mean, that they, they fought, uh, they bled, they the died. The British invaded a bunch of countries, took thousands of ships, you name it, would blow your ship up if you had slaves. And, and bribed people to give up their slaves. So, you know, there's that old saying that no good deed uh, goes unpunished. If you want to look generally at the best culture throughout history, you've got to put on this weird inverse lens. You've got to look at things kind of upside down. The culture that is criticized in the modern world is almost always the culture that has done the most good. And the ending of slavery after untold tens of thousands of years of its practice among humanity was, if, if not the most, one of the greatest moral triumphs in history. And now the only culture, the only race, the only religion that is demonized for slavery is that exact same religion that ended it, creating the greatest moral crusade that the world has ever benefited from and bringing untold wealth and liberty to human beings around the world. So it is completely ridiculous to say, well, white people ought to feel bad for slavery. It's like, they're the only and people by the who way, for liberals that are brainwashed, cultures, but around the world. Well, for Sorry, liberals that are brainwashed and just tuned in and, and can't believe this, this is mainline history. This is un. This is not what you're saying. is is in mainline history books. Well, and Europe. You know why were there castles in Europe? Everyone thinks it's because of internecine European warfare. No, that was the 20th century. But what there were castles because of Muslim slave raiders. Uh, entire tracts of Europe, especially around the coasts, had to be abandoned, and. In the coast of Spain and Italy was abandoned because of Islamic raiders who were taking uh, upwards of a million Europeans uh, in, into slavery. Parts of Spain and Italy were abandoned on the coast until the 19th century. It is that recent and it is that to that degree. Let's go further. Thomas Jefferson, our third president, had to launch a giant naval flotilla over two years just to be able to get any goods into the Mediterranean uh, and, and, uh, and into other uh, areas there in the Indian Ocean. I mean, no one even knows this, that up until the 1900s in the Pacific and in, around Indonesia and places, Western governments had to pay bounties to the boobies and the and the pirates. Boobies aren't breasts, folks. It means booby trap, you know, pirate, Muslim pirates. There were sultans everywhere. You had to pay until the 19th century. Right, so... This idea that there's some kind of compatibility between Islamic culture and modern Western culture is completely uh, insane. There, there is in Sharia law virtually no separation between church and state. Of course, the separation of church and state was one, one of the great gifts after a century of bloody religious warfare that the uh, Protestant Reformation gave to uh, Western Europe which will say, okay, we've got a government. The government is focused upon the prevention, ideally, of criminality and punishment of criminals and so on. But it is not a mechanism by which you can hijack it to impose your religious views on others. That was a separation of church and state. And I would argue that that gave a great deal of flourishing to intellectual achievement, uh, particularly sort of post-Renaissance and into the Enlightenment, where the battle of ideas was foundational to the development of, of the republic, of, of a limited government, of free market capitalism, and of the rights of women. 
this idea put forward by Milton in an, an article called Areopagitica that the best way that you get rid of bad ideas is to give them maximum exposure. You know, if you want to see where the roaches are, turn the light on. And so the idea that uh, we should have a vigorous public debate that all ideas should be able to fight their way into the battle uh, ground of human ideas. A uniquely Western concept does not really exist anywhere in the Middle and East. And is now under attack simultaneously with them supporting it, the Islamicist, ending free speech all over Europe at universities and here. And it's Muslim groups in the UK driving to have Donald Trump banned from entering the UK. He says, fine, I won't invest anymore of the 700 million I was planning in golf courses. And they call him a terrorist. They say, give us your money, but you're not allowed to be here. You don't have free speech. Well, this is how, oh man, I could, I could chew my microphone into pieces on this one, Alex, because this is so insane. The idea that, um, Donald Trump says, well, let's put a pause on Muslim immigration until we figure out what's going on after San Bernardino shootings. And then the Muslim response in England is basically say, let's ban Donald Trump from coming into England. It's like, well, how do you argue against someone who's arguing for banning people from coming to your country by demanding that someone be banned from your country? This is the kind of unbelievable insanity that passes for thought in these kinds of areas. It's so ridiculously hypocritical and very few people have commented on that basic fact. You're right. They're saying it's wrong to try to ban people, so we ban you for your speech, not claiming you're dangerous, just banning your speech. But by the way, you've got to give us your money. And some groups are calling for seizing his golf courses. But what I do love, and there's not much to love about this situation, as I'm sure you well know, but what I do love is the degree to which it is illuminating things like feminism and leftism and their complete hypocrisy and lack of functional yeah, why regard. Why are major German feminists, from mayors to you name it, defending the rapist? Well, keep an arm's length from people in your own country. I mean, you know, in Germany, you try and keep an arm's length. They think you're saluting Hitler. They'll throw you in jail. <laughs> you can't keep an arm's length on the subway. You can't keep on an airplane, keep, in, a, in a lineup, keep it on well, lining up for a concert. What would they supposed to keep an arm's length from everyone uh, in the Paris concert where these guys went and shot up over 130 people? This idea that somehow it's become a mark of freedom to keep an arm's length from everyone around you and nobody's saying something has gone vastly awry. And this is a woman well, who also it. said, watch how you dress. I mean, uh, that's the classic deal. Watch how you dress. Well, and same thing you said, the, the West has been the best to women and reform stuff all over the world for women. We get all blamed. They say normal sex is rape. All men are bad unless you're a jihadi. Where does that come from? Well, you see, it's very, very important, Alex, for feminists in the West to focus on things like uh, a man spreading his legs slightly on the subway or explaining things to women that maybe they already understand and other kinds of microaggressions rather than talk about what could be arguably a genuine rape culture that is currently spreading throughout Europe. And I would argue made its first real attempt to test the strength and resolve of Europeans and in particular European men throughout Germany and other countries on New Year's Eve. They are testing the resolve. There was the Lara Logan incident in Egypt a couple of years back where she's still going into hospital to, to deal with medical complications from being raped and groped by 200 guys who also beat her with flagpoles while she was covering the uh, Arabs. And the media tried to spin that like, hey, it's all right to rape her, you know? Yeah, and now, and, and now there's another approach where it's okay, let's test By this. By the way, what, what type of guy, I wouldn't rape somebody, but 200? This is the most sickening, demo I mean, I mean, if a woman isn't into me, it's an instant turnoff. I just can't even get rape. And then, meanwhile, a culture that's into it. And then I have two daughters, and then I have these feminists telling me I'm bad because I'm a Western man, but they love jihadis. It's just, they're sick.
I do not want my daughter growing up in a world where she has to wrap herself in a beekeeper suit and have a male relative escort her out of the house. That is not what my forefathers bled and fought and died for. That's another microaggression against the Muslims, buddy. <laughs> well, if, if only I would, didn't have to keep it to microaggressions, things might be a little bit better. But uh, this, this, and this has not really been called an act of terrorism when, in fact, it is. The whole point is it to is make sexual Europeans terrorism. nervous about going out. That's it. Muslims engaged in sexual terrorism in Europe. Is that the name of this video? Stefan Mama, uh, no, he's, he's here with us ranting. That's really what it is. That, that's really what is going on. Uh, terrorism is, is the changing of people's political perspectives by acts of aggression. And the political perspectives in, in Germany are, are shifting now. Whether they Hold shift on, got to go to break, Stefan. And folks, you can find his website and his podcast and more uh, at Stefan Molyneux, freedomainradio.com. Well, he pledged allegiance to ISIS. Then he shot the police officer on video, screaming, Allah Akbar. And you better believe they'll call for more gun control because of it, because you and I are guilty under collectivism for one of the jihadis they brought into the country in Muslim dress, running around killing a cop. And that's what's sick is... The weird MSNBC kill whitey race baiting is merging with Islam and so is like gangster culture. And it is socially engineered by the Ford Foundation. They admit they're doing this, which shows you really how whacked out they are. Why would you want to take Syria, not attacking us, progressive compared to other countries, let jihadists come in, kill Hundreds of thousands of people, mainly Christians, blow up all the ancient architecture and culture, blow up the ancient markets. Why is our government putting radical Islamics in and getting rid of the guys in suits and ties where women can go to college and be free? I mean, it's true. Saddam's not perfect, but compared to Al-Qaeda, he's a good guy. Assad's a lot better than Assad. Uh, than Assad. Gaddafi works for the West, opens up. Women go to college. They don't have to wear hoods on their heads. Black people are treated like first-class citizens. They kill him. I mean, it really does just show power-mad evil to ally with the dominant Islamic force, Wahhabism, out of Saudi Arabia. Stefan Molyneux, I want to ask, A, if you agree with that statement, and B, where you think this grand chessboard is going? Because uh, I don't think they're going to be able to suspend reality, have their jihadis keep attacking, and then blame it on gun owners and the general public and have civil emergency. I think the political class is going to be punished for what they're doing, and I think the left, with political correctness, has gone too far. Well, I think it's important to remember that stability in the Middle East is just another government program. World peace, as they claim to deliver, is just another government program and will do about as well as the welfare state and the war on drugs and you name it. So the fact is, of course, that they were supposed to bring peace and stability and democracy to the Middle East. And what has happened? Well, the Middle East is in flames. So not only has that program done the exact opposite of what it was claimed, just like Obamacare did in terms of making health care affordable, but... It has not only destabilized the Middle East, but it is wildly in the process of destroying Europe. And this is what happens when people put their faith in the modern devil called the interventionist state. Gaddafi said in 2010, you better have a plan because if you get rid of the, the uh, dictators in the Middle East, you will get massive floods of migrants into Europe. We are the ones holding them back. And next thing you know, Hillary Clinton is like, yay, we killed him. Here comes liberty uh, with a smell. I kill people for no reason. I'm tough. Yeah. So this is really the big picture thing is important to understand. This didn't come out of nowhere. This came out of people's faith in the state to provide something as historically unattainable and complex as peace and stability in the Middle East, which is a fairly superstitious and volatile region at the best of times. 
They can't even reduce the murder rate in Washington, let alone bring peace to some foreign culture that they don't even speak the language of thousands of miles away. So the, the reason why European civilization is crumbling in an ever accelerating fashion is because people continue to put their faith in the modern god of the state, which is in fact the devil in all of its consequences. No kidding. And but but see, we say the state's incompetent. The globalist corporations making money off servicing the state and the calamities admit they want a crisis economy. And they knew they were destabilizing. They knew it would fall into Europe. They opened the borders with Peter Sutherland and the EU. They said to end the homogeneity and bring balkanization. I mean, they write articles admitting their plan. They're actually pretty competent. Well, and I would argue that it's impossible to understand world events right now without understanding that we are in the end days of fiat currency. The, the long stretched out monopoly money fantasy castle is about to be blown down by the insistent winds of economic reality. There is simply no way to understand world events. The welfare state is the fundamental problem. I'm all for free uh, border movement as long as people have the right to not associate with others. And the welfare state is And not to pay the hordes of people coming in. Back in 60 seconds, right. we'll give you the floor for five minutes to finish up with this. Folks, it is an implosion plan. But you can say, well, they're incompetent or are they competent? Well, no, they're competent at burning the house down and collecting the insurance money. And that's what the world elite are doing. Creating crises, posing as saviors, grabbing more power as civilization falls apart. And then they hate liberty so much... They want to dominate us with a pit bull of foaming at the mouth, crazy Islamicist. I mean, this is insane. You know what's weird, though? A healthy, powerful woman wants a really cool man that they augment each other. They love each other. They back each other up. But they like a dominant, strong man who knows what he's doing and who can sweep her off her feet. It's not that she's weak. She just wants a really good man. That's genetic in all mammals, all species. But these leftists that have destroyed men in general. I mean, they've done a good job. I, was, I mean, they're like walk. either they act like they're tough, not really men, or they're these little weirdos. Then they're so desperate, a lot of them actually going out and getting a Muslim uh, guy or whatever, they'll slap them around, knock their teeth out, which is not what a good woman should want. But, but then they go to the really bizarre extreme of it, to a guy that doesn't work, sits on the couch, and tells her, get in there in the kitchen, make me money, and get out on the street and turn some tricks. And uh, they just seem to like it. So gone are the guys opening the door for you. They like being backhanded and getting that nose broken. And I'm not kidding. They want to be cuckled. They want to be crushed. I think there's a sick mental illness to all this. Stefan Molyneux, your take on that and other closing points. And I want to get you back more often, my friend. Oh, thanks. It's a great pleasure to be back on the show. And um, people were saying, you know, a lot in sort of the comments and the emails and the messages that I received saying about these, these Cologne and, and other city attacks uh, on the women in Germany, they were saying, where are the German men? And of course, they're not talking about the, you know, the mustachioed foot stomping march across Europe, German men, just the men who would rush to the defense of victimized uh, women the around police them. wouldn't even help. Police wouldn't help. But here's the thing, Alex. I think that um, it has been so ingrained in Western men that in any confrontation between a white man and a minority, the facts don't matter. The white man's life will be destroyed. Look at the George Zimmerman or Darren Wilson, or other people. The facts don't matter. Your life will be destroyed. You know, there used to be this old saying when it came to self-defense. It's better to be tried by 12 than carried by six. That's right. I'm not sure that that's true anymore. I think people are saying, I will take anything because the media is going to side with the minority no matter what the facts are. My life is going to be destroyed. Even if I'm vindicated in a court of law, my life is going to be destroyed. My family, my career, my income is going to be destroyed. And so there's, there's been this fantastic media hold them down 
of, of white males to the point where self-defense has become an impractical art of social and economic suicide. I agree. We are being domesticated. I mean, everybody is basically. But then they bring in a third world population that were shooting laws rockets, RPGs at each other a month before and raping and beheading women and sex slaving. I mean, what does the left think is going to happen? This is going to be explosive. Well, the fact that the left is allied with a very primitive medieval and medieval is even a compliment, pre-medieval Sharia type um, uh, enemy. The fact that the left is allied with them is very revealing. It's not revealing to the left, who, again, I simply just power junkies uh, looking for their next fix, but it's revealing to everyone else. Like the fact that the left says to Donald Trump, Mr. Trump, it's terrible that you show up in an ISIS recruitment video. Well, if the West is at war with ISIS, as they, uh, or as we claim you to be- You should show up. That's a good thing. You know, Churchill, do you know you're showing up in Nazi propaganda? It's like, well, that's I, the point of being at war. I'm in their videos. So enemy. is Joe Biggs. We're in ISIS videos. I'm, I mean, I'm proud of that. If I haven't shown up in an ISIS video soon, I'm incredibly disappointed with my performance. It's terrible. That's, <laughs> your, that's the point of fighting is you're supposed to annoy the people you're fighting at the very least. Well, you're doing a great job. And I want to invite you at least once a month on this show and on the Nightly News because really – uh, you're one of the smartest guys in the room when it comes to boiling it down. You're dead on. But really, this is so nakedly black and white. Most things historically aren't really black and white. What the crazy power grabbers are doing really is black and white insanity. Thanks, Alex. It was a real pleasure. We'll talk to you again. FreeDomainRadio.com, Twitter, Stefan Molyneux, M-O-L-Y-N-E-U-X, YouTube, Free Domain Radio. Uh, just a great guy and reaching hundreds of millions of people. And I tell you, it, it, it feels good at night to know there are so many people out there. And, you know, Stefan uh, is an atheist, basically. I think I can say that. And, and you know, he's a smart guy, and I respect him. He, he's, a, he's a cool guy, you know, who actually has his views and can back him up. He's not one of these leftist atheists that wants to, you know, says I'm an evil, you know, right-winger and wants my guns. Uh, and so he reaches out to a lot of people on the left that wouldn't listen to me. That's great. That's what it's all about, folks. Different strokes for different folks, but all together promoting freedom, open debate. That's what a diverse civilization is, not political correctness and Sharia law.